Well, good morning, GCR. Man, it is great to see everyone here today. Uh, the ones that are here and even the ones that are joining us online, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to be able to share today God's Word. And my name is Jim, and I am not the newest person on the staff at GCR anymore. Man, Jaden, way to go. What a beautiful, beautiful start for you, and just what a blessing to be able to see you. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, she's absolutely amazing, and uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're here. Now, a couple things before we get into the lesson. I have a couple of quick advertisements. First of all, we have Discover GCR. I wanted to make a quick plug about that. That's a place for new people to go. And if you're new here at GCR, I am too, right? In fact, I'm going to be signing up. I'm going to be going to this on uh, Sunday, the 25th of June. It's right after the worship service. going to meet for lunch and learn about who we are as a church and really how to get connected here at GCR. And the second thing I want to mention, I told Alan that I would uh, talk about his series that begins next week. He starts a new series uh, called The Heart of Mark. And uh, I'm so excited about what he's going to share. He was sharing with me some of the principles uh, throughout the, the summer to be able to kind of highlight uh, the, the gospel of Mark and really the message of who Jesus is. Now, today, today I want to share with you a word from God and my hope and prayer is that you're going to be blessed and encouraged today. My, my hope and prayer is that hearts that are burdened today will be lifted and maybe, just maybe, when you leave today, maybe, just maybe when you leave today, there'll be a change, there'll be transformation that will happen in your heart today. That's, that's my prayer for all of us today. So let's lean in and uh, let's allow God to work in our hearts. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get started. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the blessing of this beautiful day and this great time to get together as a church. I'm just so blessed to be here. And Father, I pray that our hearts would be touched by your word today. Father, we want to know Christ. Father, we want to know your son. We want to know him today. Father, help us to do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, a lot of you know that uh, even though this is my first time preaching here, I've been preaching for 33 years, right, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, the last 25, we planted a church there. And um, so I've done this before. I haven't done it here. And in 1990, we moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. I think we have a picture of the Tuttles as they go to Nebraska. There they are right there. There they are. 30, that's 33 years ago. Yeah, and that little girl is your children's minister. That is... <laughs> That is Kristen Rampton. That was 33 years ago. If you want to know how old your children's minister is, there you go. <laughs> 33 years ago. That, that was when we started. And, and so God has just blessed us in so many different ways. And so here we are in a new chapter here at uh, GCR. Now, last fall, as I was leaving Nebraska, York University in, in York, uh, Nebraska, asked me to keynote their, their spiritual growth conference and this is the title. They, we want you to speak on this, Jim. Can we put that on? The most important lessons I've learned in 33 years of ministry. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> that is the most ridiculous title I've ever seen in my life. I just looked at that and I was going, this is just, I mean, come on. The, first of all, it's so intimidating. Am I right? Because the people are going to come, are going to say, oh my goodness, this guy, his, his wisdom is going to be amazing. I mean, his understanding is so keen of what's going on in the world. 33 years. I mean, what is he going to share with us? It was pretty, pretty intimidating. And so I was like, oh, what in the world shared? One of my, quote, friends at our church in, in Lincoln, I said, yeah, I'm going to do a, a, a keynote on the most important lessons I've learned in 33 years of ministry. You know what she said? Well, that won't take long. 
Good to have friends like that, right? Well, I, I was reminded of a story. My, my attitude was reminded of a story of this young preacher who, who just got his first job preaching, looked a lot like that guy you saw just a little while ago. And uh, he started preaching, and, uh, you know, he had a little, little child, and he and his wife, they read all the books, you know. They read Dobson and everything. They knew all the answers about parenting. And the church says, we want you to do a series on parenting. So he gets up, he puts together this whiz-bang series, and this is the title of the series, Ten Powerful Principles to Godly Parenting. And that's awesome, right? That's got a good preacher trick right there, you know. Punch the peas, you know. Powerful princes to great godly parenting. You know, he had all the answers. Five years passed, and he does a series on parenting. And he, the series is called Ten Principles That Could Help Parents Grow. <laughs> then five years later, he, he says, I'll, I'll do another series on parenting. And the name of the series is Ten Possible Suggestions <laughs> to Help Struggling Parents. You know, five years passed. We're getting about 20 years in, and he does a series on parenting, and it's 10 hints <laughs> that might be helpful for hurting parents. Then he gets, you know, kind of like 25 years in, and this is his series, How to Fully Surrender to God. <laughs> 10 Desperate Prayers for All Parents. And that's exactly what was my attitude. I said, you know, it seems like the more I, I, I did ministry, the kind of the less... I felt like I was an expert on, and, and so I, 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 ask, I, I really asked God, and, and actually it was the Apostle Paul that helped me with what my answer is. So I do have something to share, and I'd like to share with you this morning. The Apostle Paul shares with us the one essential, the one essential that proves to be the foundation of all of our transformation. It is the one essential in which everyone here at GCR can build their life on, and it's on the screen. Here it is, the one thing, Jesus is still Lord. Amen? And because of that, because of that, everything changes. Look what Paul says in Philippians 3, 8 through 11. This is, this is not, this, if Paul was asked, what did you learn in all your years of ministry? This, is, this would have been his answer. I mean, he was a Pharisee. He knew the law. He knew everything about what it meant to, to, to be a follower of God. And this is what he says. He says, yes, everything else is worthless. Did you see that? Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I became righteous, become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I may experience the resurrection from the dead. Everything else. He says everything else is what? Garbage. It's junk. And really, through all my years of ministry, that, that's really proven to be true. You know, there are, there are things that you're really passionate about from time to time, different methods of doing ministry, different, different opinions, different, different, uh, different, just different ways of doing things in the church, and, and you get so excited about it, and, and it seems like those things begin to lose their passion. But there is one thing I can't get over, Jesus. You know, every, it seems like everything else in my life, it, it, it seems like maybe some passion begins to dwindle. But when it comes to Christ, the more I know Christ, the more I love Christ. The more I see him, the more I want to know him. 
it's an amazing, it's an amazing wellspring. And this, I, I really sense this from Paul. It's to say, you know, I, I just want to know Christ. And everything in my heart and my life is dependent upon who he is and not who I am. So Paul, with everything at his disposal, all the knowledge, all the incredible understanding, he says, my passion is I want to know Christ. I can't get over Christ. I can't get over Jesus. I mean, how can you explain Jesus? That he would think about who he picked as his apostles, that he would pick someone like Matthew, right? A tax collector, right? A tax collector for the Roman government, like a double traitor, you know, someone, someone that, would, that, that would do that. And, and everybody saw him a certain way. But Jesus saw his heart, and he says, I want you to follow me. You know what that tells us? Is every, no one's disqualified from being a follower of Jesus. He seeks you out. How, what are you, how can you not be passionate about that, right? The longest conversation in the whole Bible between two people, just a conversation between two people, you would think it'd be with, you know, Jesus and the leaders, or even Jesus and his apostles. The longest conversation in the Bible is in John chapter 4, when Jesus sees what? A Samaritan, strike one. A Samaritan woman, strike two. A Samaritan woman who'd been married five times and sleeping with number six, strike three, and you're out. But Jesus, what does he do? In the heat of the day, the apostles don't even know where he is. And the Son of God, the, the, very, the very incarnation of who God is, he seeks her out, and he doesn't speak condemnation, but he speaks words of life to the person that no one else would see. You know what? What that says to us is there's no one in Midland that's beyond the reach of the love of Jesus Christ. Isn't that the great essential? I just cannot get enough of Jesus. Paul says this in Colossians. says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. I mean, what, and those of you who have been in Colossians, you know, Paul just makes, magnifies who Jesus is. He existed before anything was created and supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on the earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all things together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. You know, you know, it almost is, uh, you know, what have you learned in 33 years of ministry? The other, I've been, I've been given the title of Minister of Spiritual Formation. Doesn't that sound impressive? <laughs> spiritual formation is all about, I want to know Christ. Right? And I, what I want to do, because that becomes such a cliche, right? It's all about Jesus. It's Jesus. You know, it, you know, you know uh, all these different phrases. And so what I want to do to kind of close out, when I say close out, when a preacher says close out, he's not ready to finish. You know what I mean? Maybe just getting started. But, but what I want to do in the lesson is I want to share with you three things that are, that are essential, that really make these, making Jesus, how this essential changes us. This is what spiritual formation is all about. How does this change us? I'll give you three things. Number one, if Jesus is Lord, it informs our teaching. It informs our teaching. 
The essential of Jesus must be the essential of our teaching. Meaning this, what Jesus says is more important than anything else. I mean, I'm going to put this on the screen. You know, now, see, I'm not preaching every week, so now I can kind of close. Here we go. Ready? The best sermon you will hear, the best class you will ever attend, will be found not in our words, but in the words and actions of Jesus. You know what I've learned in 33 years of ministry? This happened several years ago. I'm sorry for all the people that had to, you know, endure all of that. But anyway, but I was preaching several years ago, and I realized this is, I mean, you probably think I'm a slow learner, but I was preaching, and I realized as I was reading the words of Jesus, I thought, that's the best part of the sermon, right? When I was, when I was reading Colossians 1, 15 through 20, that's so much better than anything I'm going to say. The words of Jesus should be the absolute foundation of who we are as we teach one another. The words of Jesus changes lives. Look at this, and as he begins the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, the, the first beatitude, if you will, is kind of the foundation for our hearts and our lives. And, and, and Jesus knows what he's doing when he says this. Listen to his words. Blessed, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of God is theirs. What Jesus is saying here is that the first and the foundational step for everyone here is to understand is to understand that our strength will not be found in ourselves, but will be found in dependence upon God. What he's saying is we are nothing without knowing him. The most blessed people are the people who have a desperate need for God that live every day going, you know, I, I, I can't do this, but you can, God. These are words. These are teachings that become the foundation of who we are as a church as we grow and share with one another. Those in our, our culture, those in our church that are struggling with addiction, they know that this is the first step, right? The first step in, 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 in healing, the first step in recovery is to know that I am not God and I am powerless. That's what, that's what Jesus is saying here. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit and realize their need for him. Essential teaching of Christ. Then he says this, he says this. This is amazing. Matthew 10, he says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over people and officials flaunt their authority over those under him. But among you, what does it say? It will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. Who wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. The words of Jesus are transformation. The greatest among you will be a servant. Those that, that, that lord it over, he says, he says, not so with you. This is a different way of doing things. Transformation, on the screen, transformation is found in the words and actions of Jesus. Number two, the second thing that changes is number two, is it inspires our ministry. When Jesus is the essential and Jesus is Lord, it inspires our ministry. You know, um, the Lord's Supper talk today talked about this, but, but Jesus, after three years of ministry, three years of ministry of teaching and healing and working with his disciples and sharing who he was, he gets his followers together that last time. And what he does is he shows them what the Bible says is the full extent of his love. And he began to show them by inspiring them what the ministry was all about. He gave them the essential of being a Jesus follower. And we already talked about it. What he did as the son of God put on the servant's robe, the servant's towel, if you will, and he washed all of their feet. And then he says this. 
he says this. He says, and since, 13, 14, 15, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash others' feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. You want to know, you know what Jesus' ministry strategy is? Here it is. Love and equip others. To love and equip others. This is the ministry strategy. Washing feet. Serving others. This is exactly, speaking of our children's ministry, you know, Kristen and Ashley and the teams, this is exactly what they're doing in our children's ministry. They are loving and equipping others. The leaders in their team, the children that are coming, the parents that are being blessed, they are loving and equipping others so they will love and equip others. That we would wash feet and then you would, we would do as we have done. And that is to wash other people's feet. I mean, J.E. and Jaden and the, and the youth ministry as they go to encounter, that's exactly what they're going to be doing. The ministry strategy is to share and love and equip others that they would share and love and equip others to pour into each other. It's exactly what all of our small groups should be doing. It's exactly what all our small group leaders and all those people that are here at GCR, we are not a church where you just come and attend and get some good stuff. We are here to serve one another. In the same way that I have loved you, you must love one another. You must do this same thing to each other. Wouldn't it be great to have a ministry strategy where everyone was loving and serving, just like Jesus did in John 13? Number two, trans transformation. Go ahead on the screen. screen. Go on the screen. How am I doing on time? Are you guys okay? <laughs> you know, I thought there'd be a clock up here, and there's not. So this is really scary. I was asked this morning, Jim, are you a long-winded preacher or a short-winded preacher? Well, we'll see, right? <laughs> Transformation looks like washing feet. Number three, the third theme that changes us. If Jesus is the essential, listen closely. It defines church health and healthy church leaders. If Jesus is the essence, then the body of Jesus will take on the character of Jesus. And this is so important. For 25 years, planning a new church can be a real, can be a real challenge. But let me, let me just tell you a little bit about this church in Lincoln. Everyone loved each other all the time. If something went bad, everybody forgave each other. There was never any bitterness it's just amazing. It, and when people, whenever there were changes in the church, everyone just said, you know, whatever God's doing is what we want to do. No one got bitter when they felt slighted because we were the body of Christ. How many of you believe that that is true? No way! I mean, there were times when it was horrible. Church people, Right? That can be the worst. Can we talk? I mean, there were times that were so rough and so difficult. You know, I, and I have, I have, I have the uh, blessing of being able to look back on so many experiences. And I can tell you almost every time the problem, the problem was the lack of Christ-likeness in the leaders and in the people around there. We didn't look like Jesus. And the other thing about the church is every problem we had was all the people in the church and not me. 
You believe that? Oh my gosh. You know, you, I, I got really emotional when I saw this and it, it's hard to get through because, you know, over the years, I think about so many times, so many times, when I was, I was the one that was powering up, right? I was the one that demanded my way. You know, I was the one that um, um, I didn't forgive as well as I probably should have. It's hard. But I know this. I know this. When we do it like Jesus, there's nothing better than the church. The other thing I would say is, is that Jesus is still Lord. The, the second essential is kind of like the great commandment. The second one is, is like it. Is that the church is still the hope of the world. And um, I want to tell you that Judy and I, when we, um, when we started looking at this opportunity, there was really only one prerequisite. Well, one prerequisite, we had grandkids here. That was very helpful. But the other prerequisite is we just wanted... We just wanted to know if the leaders here were vulnerable, dependent upon God, and willing to follow Christ together. And the hearts were so beautiful. You know, we experienced it last week as we prayed for four new shepherds here. It's an absolutely beautiful service. But it is truly, it is truly the hope of the world when the church does it right. I talk about the church I was in and the difficulty we had and how I was a big part of that. Um, but the reality is there was a lot of times, just like it is here at GCR, when people's hearts and lives are changed because people live and love like Jesus Christ. You have been changed because somebody washed your feet. Your life has been changed because someone looked like Christ and brought you along. The message, the, me, the, message, the mission at, Heart, at Heartland Church, oh my goodness, I said it. I'm so sorry. The mission at GCR is this, changed by God to love like Jesus. God has called this body at this time for a special renewal. I truly believe that. That we will walk together in the message and the image of Jesus Christ. So what do we do with this message? Well, our world... Midland, Texas, desperately needs to see a church that looks like Jesus. Wouldn't you agree with that, church? Our world, Midland, Texas, desperately needs to see a church that looks like Jesus, changed by God to love like Jesus. Let's all stand together. I was telling the class I was teaching today, one of the things that's so is a real struggle for me as, as a church leader is so many times we, um, um, we come and we listen and we are encouraged by the music, encouraged by the lesson or the class we attend, and then we leave, right? And then we leave and we, we really don't take time to let God settle in our hearts what's been talked about. So today what I want to do is I want to encourage every one of us, I want to encourage every one of us to take a step today, a step of renewal, to Jesus being your essential. Not just as you say. Some of us get distracted. We get distracted by different things where we say Jesus is the center of our life, but really the reality is he's just become just something else in our life. 
So the question is, who can you love today? Who can you serve today? Who can you bless today in the same way that Jesus has blessed us? Every one of us, God has called us to change and transformation to be more like him today. I'm going to pray, and I pray that your hearts will be open, how God is speaking to you, and how God wants you to renew your heart to Jesus. Can you say with me, I want to know Christ? Can we say that together? Ready? One, two, three. I want to know Christ. One more time. I want to know Christ. When I read that in Paul, um, in, the, in Philippians, I just, all week long, I've just been thinking about that incredible phrase. I want to know Christ. Do you? Do we? Let's pray together. Father, our hearts are open to you. I pray. I pray, Father, for all of our hearts to be moved today. Back to you, this essential, Father, of your son, Jesus. Father, help us to teach his words. Father, help us to serve like he served. And Father, I pray as leaders and as a church, our health would be defined by Christ-likeness. Father, I'm give everyone an opportunity right now just to spend time with you to renew our hearts to the passion of your mission for us. So Father, right now, all over the room, everyone just be in prayer. Thank you, God. Remove all our obstacles that we may see you clearly. In Jesus' name, amen.